0: Hey, AJ, it's Bridget. Hey. Can you talk for a quick second? Yeah. One of them said that a female, who was not your mother, called out for her. Hmm. Did you ever hear about that? No, that's something new. A sign I didn't know about that. Yeah, so she said that a woman called and said, she was Carrie and that she was calling out for her shift on Sunday, I believe. Do you know if the cops know that? I don't know. Huh. I I I that's the first time I heard anything about that. My mom was missing. And I told her I said, What do you mean, missing? What happened to this soft-spoken mother who picked up and left everything she loved to find love? 46-year-old Carrie Jones hasn't been seen or heard from in 11 days. Holy. She heard fighting the night Jones disappeared. It is starting to look like it is not your typical missing persons case. This is Where is Carrie? Brought to you by Action News Jax. Hey, Jesse. Jesse, the photojournalist who also edits this podcast and I went to the Bell store where Carrie worked. We wanted to see for ourselves the parking lot where Carrie was last seen leaving work before her reported disappearance and where her car was found by her co-workers. I don't know where her car was exactly, but they said three rows back. So where would that put the car right there? So three rows back from the median, right? From the median. So it's got to be right up here. Definitely not a sketchy area. No. It's a nice area. Yeah, a lot of people around. I see one camera. We found the surveillance camera pointing into the lot. It was covered by a tree. Literally this tree is smack in the middle between that camera and this parking spot, which could explain why there was never video of carries car coming back here and parking after surveillance captured her leaving days before we don't know when it was brought back. Just when she left and then when it was found. The fact that we are here and we know this is where she could have disappeared, we don't really know, Yeah. but that's the question. It is a little odd. I really need to talk to the people inside and see what they say. Yeah, let's, let's check it out. We went inside the store to see if anyone who knew Carrie would be willing to talk. We couldn't record the conversations, but a co-worker of Carrie's told me she was quiet and didn't cause any problems at work. Carrie usually worked in the back. She wore hearing aids and was a little timid about talking with people. Her co-worker also told me that in the weeks leading up to Carrie's disappearance, she wasn't herself and seemed down. Something else that was troublesome. Her co-worker revealed a woman called the store, posing as Carrie, to say she wouldn't be coming in for her shift on Sunday. But according to this coworker, Carrie didn't have a shift on Sunday, and she was sure the woman on the other end of the line wasn't Carrie. Her coworkers were understandably worried. The store where Carrie worked wasn't far from where she lived. In 1,000 feet, you will arrive at your destination. Jesse and I wanted to see if Nick Kelly was still living at the same address listed in records where he reported Carrie missing. You've arrived. Is that it? Kelly, he's not a suspect in this case, and he's never opened up to the media about Carrie's disappearance. The street where Carrie lived was beautiful. Spanish moss draping each side of the road. Expensive homes with well-kept lawns right along the river, a place anyone would feel safe. It's one of those houses back there. When pulling up to the house, we saw a man pulling up in a truck. There is a guy right there. Drive up a little bit. Who is that? But Next I wanna see over. who this guy is. Stop, let me ask this guy. Excuse me, sir. Hi there. Does Nick Kelly live here? Did he live here? Does he live here? It yeah. Is there a Nick Kelly at all that lives here? It wasn't Nick Kelly. And we learned Kelly apparently didn't live there anymore. A search on social media found he's been active on Facebook since Kerry's disappearance, but otherwise unreachable. We were able to find another address for him. In a quarter mile, the destination is on your left. This one was in the county south of Jacksonville, St. Johns County. The neighborhood was nice enough and seemingly quiet. Evie's home. I don't think anyone's here. No one was at that home either. It seemed the lead stopped here. Every attempt to contact Nick Kelly, Carrie's boyfriend, and one of the last people to see her ended with our questions unanswered. I decided to give AJ, Kerry's son, a call since we hadn't talked in a while. Hello? Hey, AJ, it's Bridget. Hey. Can you talk for a quick second? Yeah. I told him about what her co-worker said about the strange phone call just before her disappearance, a phone call he never knew about. One of them said that a female who was not your mother called out for her. Hmm. Did you ever hear about that? No, that's something new. A sign I didn't know about that. There. So she said that a woman called and said she was Carrie and that she was calling out for her shift on Sunday, I believe. Do you know if the cops know that? Do? I don't know. Huh. I I I just, first I uh, heard anything about This information was never included in any police reports. I talked to AJ about trying to get in contact with Kelly again. AJ says the two have not talked. I also asked AJ about his mother's neighbors. When looking at the second police report, there was a witness listed. Her first name, Jeanette. Her address was the same address as Nick and Carrie's. AJ says the home was converted into apartments. So that house, was it divided up in apartments? Yes, I think it was divided up three or four ways. There was two two apartments downstairs, two apartments upstairs, something like that. And was she up or down? Downstairs. AJ says that Jeanette told police she heard arguing around the time Carrie vanished. Shortly after starting this podcast, I received an email from a Justice for Carrie email address. It read in part, Thank you for your work on the podcast. It seemed as if her story had been forgotten. I wanted to point out a few things concerning this case. Not only were Carrie's family allowed to take her car back to Alabama before it was properly processed by a police forensics unit, but they also went to her home and collected a large amount of her personal belongings and took those back as well. The neighbor who was interviewed said that she heard fighting. At first glance, it would be easy to assume that she lived in a house next door, when in fact the farmhouse that Carrie and her boyfriend lived in was divided into three separate apartments. The neighbor lived under the same roof with only a wall between them. I looked up Jeanette on Facebook, and found a woman with the same full name living in Florida. I messaged her and explained the podcast was an effort to bring attention to Carrie's case. Jeanette responded, My name is on the police report because I heard them yelling. Because I live next door. I'm sorry, I wish I had more information. My heart breaks for that family. I asked if she would be willing to talk to us for the podcast. Her response, Bridget. The police have the reports. I'm glad they interviewed me right after. I have a traumatic brain injury and I have had a hard time recalling even what happened last week. Have you seen Fifty First Dates? States? My brain injury is not as severe. I'm not a 10 second Tom. I'm more of a week Wednesday or a month Mandy. You have to have seen that to understand what I mean. My accident was in 2003. Jeanette apologized for not wanting to speak on air and asked she not be contacted again. After talking to AJ over the last several months, he started opening up to me a little bit more. When uh, they came down here to Alabama, they took some back and her laptop and her uh, tablet they took. Oh, really? Yeah. And her cell phone, was that ever found? Nope. Was it ever pinged? Uh it was pinged, but the they, the last place it was, I guess it was pinged was at the house. At the house? Yeah, where they was living at at the time. You are sure? yes that's, that's what they told me. Her phone pinged at the house. Carrie went missing. Her car somehow ends up in her work parking lot. After surveillance video captures Carrie leaving work days before, and when AJ checked her car, her purse was inside, but her wallet and phone were gone. They still, they still find a, find her cell phone or her wallet. So two things, two things are missing. Mm. Yeah. And her keys, right? Uh, they, they got her keys. Where'd they find those? <laughs> Next on Where's Carrie? A man who's been looking for Carrie with sonar finds something. A lot of wood searches uh, searched every business from 295 and San Jose down to Orangedale. If something bad had happened to her, it could be close by. So did you find something? We'll say with Carrie, we, we did find an interesting item. Where's Carrie is edited by Jesse Pope. Music by Ethan Head and Action News Jax. This podcast is brought to you by Action News Jax. Until next time, I'm Bridget Matter.